Rochester police pepper spray a nine-year-old girl. Hey guys, this is Double D from the Entitled Millennials podcast, and this is my Thinking Out Loud series. By now, I'm sure all of you guys have already either seen this footage or heard of this story of Rochester police officers chasing down a nine-year-old girl, you know, forcing her to the ground and then dragging her to the squad car. And while she's in the back of the squad car, panicking, freaking out, calling for her dad, they pepper spray her in the face. Now, this story is just completely in, insane. Um, just another incident, another instance of how out of control policing here is in the United States. And this is, of course, coming after a year of Black Lives Matter protests. You know, coming, I don't know how many months now, a year nearly after the events where George Floyd was murdered in Minneapolis. And, of course, we've seen no real change regarding policing. I mean, we have seen some very, you know, relatively small victories across the country. There's still gears, you know, moving towards potentially, you know, some form of reform. But as a whole, you know, even after all the Black Lives Matter protests, after everything that's happened, after all the incidents that we've seen of police brutality, we still have no real systemic change regarding the criminal justice system in the United States. Um, for those of you who haven't seen this footage yet, I'm going to go ahead and roll it here for you guys, but be forewarned, it's, it's, um, it's, it's pretty graphic. So let's uh, pull this up here. You gonna bring your to this house if I yoke your up and drag you home. I got custody. You're my child. So you gonna take your ass home right now and you gonna take your ass to the house. Alright, alright. Hold on, hold on. I go to the house now. Come on. Come on. Dear, why okay. you just stop for a no, second and take a deep breath. Hey, please, just stop. Please. I will get your dad. No, <laughs> you said that you were gonna pepper spray me. No, please no, stop. Oh, I got a bad just, one. Just pray. No, just pray at this point. Yeah, um, there you have it. <laughs> uh, I watched that, my stomach churned. Um, just like with every other time, you know, you get sick to your stomach every other time you see incidents like this. And But this one just especially, a nine-year-old girl. And you bet your mama's ass that if it had been a nine-year-old white girl, it uh, probably... Wouldn't have panned out like that, huh? Probably would have been a lot nicer. Probably wouldn't have even, you know, put her in the squad car. So apparently this is coming out of a, um, like a domestic call, a family disturbance call. 
saying that the the girl was making statements that she was suicidal and that she was going to quote unquote kill her mother and well i don't really understand how you can you know justify this uh you know pepper using a chemical agent on a nine-year-old girl i don't know how you can justify this but of course our law enforcement have found a way i actually have a quote here from the police union in rochester new york uh, who are defending the group of cops who pepper sprayed and handcuffed a nine-year-old girl and the quote-unquote here is, they were trying to get her into the car, said Mike Mazeo, president of the Locust Club Police Union. At a press conference, the officer who pepper-sprayed the girl, quote-unquote, made a decision there that he thought was the best action to take, Mazeo declared. It resulted in no injury to her. Further and push further and use more force, there's a good chance she could have been hurt worse. It's very difficult to get someone in the back of a police car like that. So there you have it, justifying pepper spraying a uh, nine-year-old girl. Uh, he made the best decision that he could. <laughs> and of course, I like how in this he says, and there was no injury to her. Yeah, you know, maybe she wasn't, you know, permanently hurt by the pepper spray. But um, I'm willing to bet that that caused some serious emotional trauma. And is probably going to result in some form of PTSD, some form of mental or brain injury. You know, you don't get manhandled by police, chased by police, tackled to the ground by police, held down by police, dragged to a squad car, and then pepper sprayed in the face. As a nine-year-old girl, I have a seven-year-old daughter who's going to be about eight here soon. And I can't even imagine seeing something like that happen to her. And knowing full well there's going to be no repercussions, no legal repercussions, right? And then I can just imagine the mental effect that would have on my little girl. And then you have this police union here defending them. And I fucking hate the name police union. It's not a union. It's not defending workers. I mean, you can make the case that, yeah, like, police officers should be able to advocate for higher wages, et cetera, et cetera. But that's not what they do. That's not what a police association does. Okay? Yeah, maybe they do part of that, a little bit of that. But what they exist for is to protect law enforcement agents, no matter how malign no matter how aggressive, no matter how hateful or racist or corrupt, they exist to protect them from legal repercussions. That's what police unions do. And as long as that's the case, as long as that's what police unions do, in my view, they should be abolished. It's not a real union. And it makes me sick to compare workers' unions to a police union. And this shows another issue in law enforcement. You know, one that we've talked about a lot on the show, on the podcast, and on my Thinking Out Loud series as uh, the events of BLM really escalated. It's that people in law enforcement, I'm sure you saw the, the video I did about um, a Kentucky police academy quoting Hitler, quoting Robert E. Lee. But this is in a very clear example of how there's two criminal justice systems in this country, right? There's one for black and colored people. And there's one for white Americans. Okay? And this goes even deeper. This shows the level of systemic racism that is that exists and is perpetuated within law enforcement in this country. Okay? They would have not done that to a nine-year-old white girl. And the reason why that is is because they don't look at black children as children. They don't look at them as human beings. 
They look at them as animals, and that's years and years and years of training and inundation and locker room talk within police departments and movies and television and everything, you know, calling them super predators, the war on drugs, which has turned police into a paramilitary organization. That's all of this, you know, years and years, decades of it. This is, that's all of this coming together so that police officers don't look at that nine-year-old little girl as a little girl. They look at her as subhuman. So they can beat her up. They can toss her around. They can, it's a nine-year-old girl. And, uh, you know, I hope some right-wingers find this video and drop their comments and let me know how they think this is fucking justified. It's insanity. And we need fucking police reform in this country. We need to end qualified immunity. We need to get rid of police unions. We need to have community policing. Officers that do this kind of shit need to lose their fucking jobs. And worse than that, they need to be put on public trial. Not one of these bullshit police law enforcement trials where you know where that what the outcome is going to be. There needs to be public tribunals. And there needs to be prison sentences for this type of shit. That's it. No fucking bail. None of that shit. I just can't even, I can't even believe this. But you know, that's America. And in America, black people aren't fucking people, apparently. So, anyway guys, I'm sure you've already heard this story. I just, I just wanted to, you know, roll the footage for you guys that wanted to see it and maybe haven't seen it yet. And, and talk, talk a little bit more about it. There's going to be more of this. It's never going to end. And, you know, once this pandemic's over and things get to some degree of normal, if that's ever going to happen, we all need to get back out on the streets and go, you know, BLM, Black Lives Matter, 110%. We need to go, we need to, you know, things kind of got stifled down because of the pandemic and the economic crisis. But once we get to some level of normalcy, we need to start organizing again with our black brothers and sisters and doing everything we can, shutting down the fucking system to make sure that this sort of shit does not happen in this country. It doesn't happen in other countries. Why would the police show up for a suicidal nine-year-old girl? That's, again, another argument for defund the police and reallocate those resources to social workers. Imagine if a social worker had showed up to this scenario. That's what should have happened. For, you know, drug abuse, for uh, addiction, for mental health crisis. A social worker should show up first, and then, if things are escalating out of control, then police should have been on standby and ready to come, and that social worker can call the police to deal with it if it gets too much. That's how it is in other countries. That's how it is in Europe. It's fucking common sense. But that's the thing. The police, you know, they're not here to take care of us. They're not our friends. They're here to maintain the status quo. Okay. And make sure that they get tax revenue or fucking, you know, fine revenue and keep people funneling into those prisons so that corporations can get rich and that we have cheap fucking labor. That's what it is. But anyway, guys, I'm rambling. I'm thinking out loud as always. Just want to make this quick video for you guys. Uh, drop a comment. Let me know what you think about this. Uh, what do you think we should do? What sort of, other than what I talked about, what sort of reforms do we need within our criminal justice system? But, uh, yeah, that's it, guys. Um... As always, I love you very much, and I'll speak with you again soon. Bye.